1: To have positive self-image Is such a radical thing Right now And it's often dismissed
0: as pompous Arrogant All of that If there's anything in your life right now That you're using as a crutch Crutch. That means There is a weakness there that you need to address Because people only use crutches when there's a a place of weakness And that's what
1: I was about to say And if you don't know what what your crutch is Stop doing something and see if you can walk Stop doing something and see if you can survive.
0: Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee and I'm Courtney and we are your online big sisters and hosts of the
1: To My Sisters
0: podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters across the world.
1: And in today's conversation we are going to be talking about self-image. This is actually a topic requested by one of the sisters and we thought it would be interesting to talk about as it really is the first step in building confidence and really stepping into that main character energy, energy right. So we're going to talk about um how do you redefine who you are yeah reshape how you see yourself and start to romanticize your life yes. i'm really excited for this one because i've actually taken this week to really deal with this mm. so i'm ready to share everything I've yeah corny's got some gems in you the back know, for y'all over sharing as always anyways before we get into that we have a ding ding ding
0: Zonema.
1: there we go so let's get into it
0: hi hey
1: i am 23 years old and i am from
0: France, hey bonjour, bonjour, ma chérie. Comment ça va?
1: Ça va bien, merci.
0: Oh, leave it. tu parles français? Let, let's,
1: leave it. <laughs> 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 let's leave it. Let's leave it. Okay, cool. Shout out to France, shout out to our French listeners. We love you, we love you, sisters. Bonjour, 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 bonjour. baguettes and that. We oui, oui, bone that. apple teeth. What bone did apple. you say? I said bone apple teeth. <laughs> we've been to Paris before uh, yeah. yeah we should definitely go again yeah, but anyways I, I am 23 years old and I am from France okay. I have a lot of trouble with letting go of the feeling that I am not good enough and that I will never be good enough oh, for great. anyone since I was a child I have been told by my family that I was not pretty my eyes and nose were too big oh. and more every characteristic of my appearance was never good looking to them it made me very insecure meanwhile I thought that I did the necessary work to be happy with myself but four years ago I started dating and all the boys were not really interested in me and compared me with other girls and made me feel like I wasn't pretty or good enough my last dating experience broke something in me I dated a guy for months and when he came to see me in my city he saw my sister who is pretty and started complimenting her and then asked me if she was single this made me even more insecure about my looks and also about my personality. Mm. Since then, I can't believe that someone would ever be interested in me for real. And I feel like all the work I did to invalidate my family's opinion about me is being undone as their words always come back to me. Yeah. I've had to talk to my family about this many times, but they invalidate and minimize my feelings and experiences. What should I do? Claudio <clears throat> This is a serious really dilemma, a dilemma and very relatable problem. You need to call the
0: police on your family. Oh to be my gosh, with you. No, not no, no, sometimes, sometimes in the UK we have something called the Metropolitan Police Force. <laughs> you can you can call them. You it's can also absolutely you can call <laughs> them. You can also send in like a form. Oh um gosh. There's also social media, so if you at them, <laughs> okay. Let me stop. Let me stop. But this is a sticky one because. Yeah you're dealing with multiple things here, right? Mm. So you're dealing with, you know, your family dynamics and the whole invalidation of your experiences. Mm. Then you're dealing with how this has um, been transposed onto the dating landscape and like how you've been navigating having relationships with men that you don't think desire you. Yeah. Um. So there's layers to this. I think let's first deal with you your self-image your self-worth and all of that jazz because you did comment on the fact that you've been doing some work sis and that's good that's really encouraging to hear um i'm not really sure what the from your dilemma what exactly the extent of that work has been um but i definitely think that this is probably not something you can deal with alone i think maybe invest in therapy and this is actually not me like if you can this is not me just pushing therapy and stuff like that but I do think that having a problem like this, that's so, so like all encompassing Mm. will need some kind of professional help Mm. to help you unlearn since these are persistent thoughts as well. So I would say consider therapy if you haven't already been. Um, And then in terms of like how effective your tools and like the the practical ways in which you've been dealing with your self-image, what does that actually look like, right? Has it been, you know, just affirmations and all of that jazz? Because in your dilemma, you mentioned that you've had um, over the f- past four years, I believe. Yes. Relationships with men that you feel don't desire you or find you pretty. Yeah. Um, I don't know if these are relationships or dating experiences. It, she just says dating. Dating, right. Um, dating is hard, first of all. Real talk. Dating is very difficult. And I think um, I... It's something that we covered in our very briefly in our daddy issues episode, mm. but also in episodes before where we've talked about desirability. In that, if people don't actually find you attractive or desire you, that's actually not a reflection on your self worth. Yes, okay, it doesn't mean that you're not pretty or yeah. not desirable. It means they just don't desire you, and that's yeah, okay. You're not their type. I do think that there's something there because if it's a persistent cycle where you're encountering people that you don't think like you Mm. I think we do need to do some work internally and understand because this this will sound harsh but I don't mean it in a harsh way the common denominator is you so what are the characteristics or what are the key things that you're seeing in these particular men that keep on cropping up that you keep on picking them and oftentimes it's dealt it's due to the fact that we've experienced trauma at home which is why I'm happy that you included your family dynamic because I think that's actually fed into the way that you've been going about dating and no all talk. of that. Dealing with the whole sister situation, and you know, this guy has come to see you in the city and you've been dating for months, so da, 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 and he had the audacity <laughs> oh, to ask the to ask infantry. Audacity to ask if your sister is single, yeah. let that one go. That man is for the streets. Oh yeah. Um, he's for the streets. In fact, he's for the highway. A rat on the <laughs> highway. Ooh rats on the highway let that man go it's for the highway um the motorway word so i wouldn't feel any type of way of letting that man go um and also how have you been conducting your dating has it been online dating has Mm. it been in-person dating have you been um like have friends introduced you i would take a stab and guess that is potentially online dating Mm. or like social media purely because you've said um he came to visit you from his city or like it's been a Dating experience that's mostly like online and not yeah. as much in person. So I would encourage you as much as pers- as as possible to go on dates that involve you being in like around people. Yeah. Um, ask your friends if there's anyone that they can set you up with. I know that's forward, but I think it's better to be proactive about dating than mm. to just kind of like sit back and hope for the best. Mm. Because when you sit back and hope for the best, then you often um, you often just go to your go tos or you yes. like. You know, you don't realize it, but you're actually reperpetuating all of the things that you thought you had dealt with yeah. in the dating scene. So definitely be more proactive about cultivating friendships that, you know, may potentially lead to like those kind of dates. So that's what I would say towards that. I like that. In dealing with the family situation, sis, that's tough. Mm. And I would like to believe that your family doesn't mean it out of, you know, the fact that they despise you. A lot of people don't realise, and I found that with, like, some of my family members, but Courtney, I would definitely love to hear what you have to say once I've I've had my piece. It's definitely something that I've dealt with where I've had family members that may say something that's a bit derogatory or rude about the way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not the dark arts!
1: What else can we attribute it to? So,
0: there may be some family members that are... uh, that witchcraft has actually thrown me off when i'm so <laughs> done with you <laughs> Derogatory terms. Derogatory Derogatory terms. (laughs) A lot of people, and this is not for you to like, you know, extend them too much grace and stuff like that. But a lot of people will say things and not realize just how much of an impact it has on other people. So they may say, you know, like those aunties that will say, oh, you're looking a bit large or you're looking a bit slim. Yeah. They think it's because they actually want to like help help you. you. But the way they've delivered it has actually contributed to a whole wealth of insecurities that will plague you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Some people get lost in translation and the fact that they've kind of like invalidated your experiences by saying, oh, you know, I can imagine them saying it's not that deep. They probably didn't realize or think that their comments are, and it's often like the feature stuff as well, right? I definitely resonate like with the whole, like the nose thing or like the, your facial features is a bit off somehow. And it's like, if I was petty, I would be like, well, runs in the family family. you know runs in the family so um respectfully it's in your blood and you guys know one of my favorite rebuttals is your son is in jail I'm not (laughs) sure if your son I'm not sure (laughs) if your brother is in (laughs) prison any of your family members are in prison but metering out that same energy um it's tight because you can only have conversations expressing your feelings it can only go so far Mm. and if they're unwilling to do the work to actually be like okay cool I would say raise it up with them again and if it's a thing where it's like they're actively not really seeing how much it's affecting you definitely pursue therapy Mm. Um, and you can't be responsible for somebody's behavior even if it's your family you can't be responsible for somebody else's behavior towards you. So good. Um, But yeah Miss Courtney I would Mm. love I would love I would love to know what you have to say. I think you've hit
1: everything you've actually hit everything I think this is such a great dilemma it's not a great dilemma this is such a a fitting dilemma for this episode Mm. um our self-image really is wrapped in whether people tell what people tell us yeah oftentimes yeah and if you associate you know I have a big nose I have big eyes and I have been told that that is ugly all my life you're going to believe you're ugly and I think that that's the first thing you have to do you have to start unlearning The, um, you have to start unlearning what you have been told to associate with who you are. The words ugly, you have to disassociate yourself from that word. And it only comes by you redefining what other people have put definitions to. And I think that's one of the key things, Mm. even about self-image. You have to now start making your own definitions. You now need to start making your own, um, connections between your features your face your body um with different language you literally need to start redefining yourself um I think the other issue is you can only talk so much with your parents and try to make them see how much they've hurt you and if they don't want to acknowledge it sometimes it can even be more hurtful to hear that they don't actually think they've hurt you than even the original pain (laughs) you get what I mean yeah um and I And so I would say in kind of an an attempt to self-preserve, like you said, talking to somebody else rather than going to seek out closure or understanding or even an apology may be more productive in your healing process than talking it out with them because they cannot see their errors in their ways. And that's, that's their own personal, and that's their own personal journey than that that they're on. Okay, as for the men, I think you need to start expanding your dating pool. Mm. I think what's common thread here is you're not your types type. The people you are attracted to are not attracted to you. I don't know who these people are, but you may need to start expanding your dating pool. This is not to say date people you are not attracted to. But find you need to find somewhere where you are appreciated. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. If you are noticing, like you said, the common denominator is you. If you are dating people who are routinely telling you, I'm not attracted to you, you just have to keep trying till you find someone who's like, You are drop dead gorgeous. Like, you are not just my type, but I want you. That's it. And that's what every woman Mm -hmm. mostly wants to hear from, you know, the 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 person that they are attracted to or people, if they desire romantic love, you just wanna hear, I want you, you know? You need to go where you're appreciated. And that may involve kissing some frogs. But you have to really start expanding your dating pool, whether that be dating outside of your city, which it seems like you're already doing, or dating a different type of person, a different race of man, a different age of man, whatever that may be, you need to start expanding your dating pool to more people that you could possibly be attracted to. In terms of, like you said, this man who said your sister is paying, is she single while he's dating you? He's actually for the highway. Arrest. He's not for <laughs> you. And that's Arrest. fine. But I can imagine the pain that is caused by somebody causing an insecurity you've had pretty much for your whole life to resurface through one comment. Yeah, yeah, And that is the most painful thing because like you said, it feels like it's undoing all the work that you have done. Mm. But you've done that work before, you can do it again. I think that that's one of the biggest things that we have to kind of remem- remind ourselves of. I've picked myself up before. I have to just start that process of doing it again so that this doesn't phase me anymore. Um, Your sister, like you said, she's pretty. There are many pretty women in the world. It doesn't mean she's necessarily prettier than you. It means for him, she's, she's more his type. She's prettier than you for him. But that doesn't, there's no objective scale of attractiveness. And I think that's, you need to go and find somebody who will be like, okay, but I choose you again so it just comes to again finding and attaining more dating experience um I feel like I kind of feel hopeless sometimes giving that advice of just keep dating around but that's literally all it is um you'll heal from this it will take time but you will heal from this you will do it I think our for our family members and I love what you said about it's not giving people an excuse but Mm. some things can get lost in translation and not everything is helpful. Um, I think a lot of our um a lot of cultures have different be- every culture has a beauty standard. Yeah. And if you do not fit that beauty standard, it can often be emphasized as in order to help improve your life chances and yeah. your life's quality, yeah, we need to point out these things to you so that you can change. I don't know if they were expecting you to go and get a nose job or like an eyelid surgery, but that was not constructive. Um, and if it is something that you are insecure about, you have to do the work to start learning to love it. Um, I think a lot of us have insecurities based off of the fact, I can give a personal example. When I was, me, I have a younger sister um, and we grew up together and she, like, my sister is absolutely beautiful, stunning. She's considerably lighter than me. We have the same parents, but she's light. I am chocolate, melanated, dark skin, right? We, we are two ends of a spectrum. And growing up, first of all, people found it very hard to believe that we were even siblings, despite the fact we pretty much have the same face. Yeah, literally. We're just literally. two different <laughs> You face. guys look exactly the same. <laughs> people were like... How is that your sister, number one? And also, we we come from a culture where to be light-skinned is to be more attractive. Mm. So growing up, it was constantly kind of, she was praised for her hue. She was told she's so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was just like, yeah, you know? Not... <laughs> Yeah. And and I was told I was beautiful 100%. But I've, I think I've told this story on the podcast before. The thing that the, the facial feature that I was often complimented on was my s- slim nose because I have a slimmer nose than her. Again, Europeanizing beauty standards. Growing up, it was a huge, huge insecurity for me being dark skin. But I had to learn that it was a flaw in their mentality and I had to redefine myself and I had to redefine, I had to set a new beauty standard for me. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that, okay, now I'm going to say that being dark skin is top tier and now my sister's the ugly one. No, we are beautiful in different ways, but I cannot be made to feel Like I am less valuable and less um, worthy of love than she is Mm. because we do not look the same because I also don't look like anybody else. And so you have to really start realizing all these words, all these things that I was told when I was younger, they're lies. And that's why I keep emphasizing some people are ops in your life and you literally just have to conclude it there. What you said did not help me a single bit, child, I, and I can't take notice of it anymore. Me having a big nose, it's actually not ugly, and I'm now going to move from that being, I'm now going to move forward from that point of truth. I have a big nose and I think it's beautiful. Moving on, getting to that point where you feel like it's actually beautiful is the work, yeah. That's the work, yeah, and it comes with decolonizing beauty standards or um. Having to really do the deep internal work of repairing your self-image. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Fantastic, so quick. But sister, we pray that this episode, this whole episode is the answer to your dilemma. But we really pray that this episode blesses you and um, that you begin to see your beauty. Yeah. Because even without seeing you, we can attest to the fact that you are beautiful, however you
0: look. But in saying that, Renee. Yes.
1: What is self-image?
0: Self-image. Oh, I'm really excited about this topic, Courtney. It really is something that's close to me. Shout out to the sis that requested it. Yeah. It's a very great topic. Self-image is, put quite simply, and not to um, overdo it too much, how you see yourself. Yeah. When you look in the mirror, what are the messages that you tell yourself? Yeah. When you are by yourself... How do you feel about yourself? Mm. So self-image is very much, how do I feel about the way that I look? How do I feel about myself? Yeah, Not just when I'm with other people, but mm. alone. Yeah, When I'm actually in the thick of my, my own thoughts. What, what are think? the words that I use to describe myself? I love that. Put simply. I love that. I, I love that
1: is. because when I was thinking about it this week, um, I came across this article by the Cleveland Clinical... The Cle- Cleveland Clinic. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the link in the description box. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, but the they use they, they tripping. They use this term called an internal dictionary, mm. and I really when I saw it, I was like, that's exactly what it is because we have these words we tell ourselves: ugly, invaluable, fat. um too dark, too skinny. Yep. Um or the this language that we have whether it's been told to us that's where we learned it from or um scrolling through social media or looking at the responses of, you know, unrequited lovers, all of that becomes a catalog of words mm. we use to then describe ourselves and view ourselves. And I think that internal dictionary, it really does go to say Self-image really affects your language and it affects the way you navigate through the world. It affects your internal monologue and it, it's, it can, I think it can be sometimes a defense mechanism. I will tell myself these things so that when someone else says it, it doesn't hurt or I will tell myself these things so that I don't give anyone else the, uh, yeah. So, so I don't give anyone else the power to reveal it to me. Yeah. I already know it. Yeah. I've already mm-hmm. kicked myself. So when you kick me, I don't feel it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's one thing that having a negative self-image actually does to you. And yeah. I, I wanted to talk about where does that negative self-image come from?
0: Oh, what a fantastic question because there's so many places that it comes from yeah, really. list them all. List them all. So it comes from our childhood. The mm. words that you hear your parents say to mm. you is very, very important. And um, I am by no means a parent, but I am a nerd. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I love that. I am a nerd. I am indeed a nerd. I do yeah. a lot of reading and a lot of researching into things that are random, but altogether very interesting yeah. and useful. And... Um, in kind of like early childhood, the words that we use and the words that we say to our kids are very, very important, especially in their formative years, because these are the words that they begin to associate with things, yeah. feelings, emotions, as they're going through that cognitive development. Yeah. They start to associate certain things with other things, right? So if you're constantly hearing from, you know, your mother, your father, your, you know, whoever's caregiving, right? You're worthless, yeah. you're invaluable. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the words mm. itself, but it can be transmitted through other words. So if they are saying something to you to, you know, if they are saying something directly to you, the meaning is that you're worthless, you're invaluable or all that kind of jazz. So it could be, I can't play with you. I don't have time to give you because I'm doing something more important to you. All of a sudden formative years. I'm not somebody worth spending time on. I'm not important. So it definitely comes. A lot of it stems from childhood. Yes a lot of it and you know what the parent doesn't actually have to be there so we spoke about this again in um our episode on daddy issues yeah. where sometimes internal monologue arises as mm. a result of the negative experiences we've had from parents who may or may not have been there yeah so the fact that you know your father dipped when you were two negative self talk is yeah. now i am invaluable which is why he left um, so yeah, childhood is definitely, definitely a big, big part. And then mm. obviously environment and community. If you're somebody that may have been bullied as a kid, yeah. you're definitely going to hear, you know, taunts. You're going to hear teasers and you start to internalize yeah. that. If you are somebody that has been teased as a kid, I remember when I was a kid growing up, um, I was chubby and I used to get it all the time from mm. aunties, from folks I didn't even know. Mm. Um, I got it from people who were professed friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> All of this yeah, you're not desirable. people yeah. don't like you, you're fat. yeah um, no, these are the will nobody will want you. you're invaluable all that jazz that's where that um, that starts to build up in our internal dictionary. Yeah. We start to associate our image with that yeah. and then of course another layer is society at large yeah. and then we'll talk about social media because society yeah. at large can be funneled through social media. But society at large, what are the key messages that society tells us Mm -hmm. in a lot of like capitalist um, countries? I mean, a lot of communist countries too, to be honest. And other places, but mostly in capitalist (laughs) countries. There is profit in Insecurity. insecurity. There is profit in all of these messages. When we see runway models that are sickly thin or where we constantly see these images and advertisements of people that are, Not us that are being Mm. celebrated. Again, that's more vocabulary in that internal dictionary. When we are constantly bombarded with our like supposed necessities and needs, and you know, things like Botox and plastic surgery and things like materialistic goods, like dresses to enhance your features, like even things like shapewear and all that jazz. These are all intended to enhance a sense of insecurity. And this then adds to that internal dictionary Ooh. and then lastly we're going to deal with social media because exactly. that one is also a big one it's funny because um in our faith this is actually biblical the mm. whole idea of a vessel that can be used for good can also be used for very bad things social media is one of those things that's... in as much as it has connected us and you can you know chat to your auntie from paraguay at sometimes yeah. that's fantastic so specific. You know? <laughs> but yeah yeah you can do all of that amazing stuff but We were never meant to have access to this many people's thoughts at the same time. And a lot of these people who have no bearing or no understanding of who we are dictating to us what is desirable, what is worth, um, you know, worth, what is valuable, what is cool. All of these things are sending internal message, like sending messages to our brain, Mm. letting us know and reinforcing a lot of these things that have been building since childhood. So it's no, um, why are people surprised that people have mental health um, conditions? Why are people surprised that people are, you know facing depression in body dysmorphia body dysmorphia at rates that are absolutely like skyrocketing yep. it's not a surprise because all of these things have been building since childhood they reach a peak when we hit our teens and then when we get onto social media social media is literally the final boss that we need it to meet at the end of they the game and it all and that's the nail in the coffin yeah to the point where it's actually become revolutionary to be positive. It's a, the fact that we're even having this discussion is revolutionary. To have positive self-image is
1: such a radical thing right now. And it's often dismissed as pompous, Listen. arrogant, all of that. When you were talking, first of all, that was excellent. <laughs> that was, no, because that is everything. That like, you really covered everything. Boy. And as you were talking, I was two or three things came to mind. Recently, I was talking to my sister and I was like, you know, I just want to get a big bum, you know? And she was like, you already have a big bum. And I'm like, yeah, but I want a big bum. And she's like, "You, I'm so confused what's going on right here. Quite,
0: I, 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 and I, then she was like,
1: oh. And I was like, you know, I think I have a bit of body dysmorphia. And she was like, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't right now. I was like, come on. This is fountain, true. fountain of wisdom. Come on. She mm-hmm. was like, I don't think any of us I don't I think it's hard for anyone to actually not develop body dysmorphia yeah, at this time that we're living in especially absolutely. young people and I actually include men in this. Social media holds up an image a projected image towards you you're scrolling and you're consuming videos pictures billboards literally everything that was up there like you're saying catalogs and all of that it's now Instagram basically. Yep yep. yep. It holds up this image And you see your reflection and you say, it doesn't fit that. It doesn't fit it, right? So now your self-image becomes something that needs to be fixed. You as a person need to be fixed. Crazy, isn't it? You need to, like you mentioned all these, right? Surgery, unhealthy workout and fitness plans and unhealthy nutrition views and, um, shapewear and all of these stuff, not to say these things are bad. What we're saying is if you view them through the lens of I have to use this to fix me so I can become acceptable, yep, so I can become perfect, you're already in a place of easily just being damaged. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that came to mind is this idea that for us, and I love that you brought up um, from our perspective, like with faith, Mm. our image It's something you can't really conjure up out of yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I think that that is one of the main things we're kind of emphasizing in turn talking about um, even the the dilemma. This is what my parents said. This is what's happening through social media. This is what the beauty standards is in my culture. Self-image, the first point is actually what exists externally from you. Right? What are you being told to fit into? Yeah. And what are you being told is actually good, or what are you being told about who you are? Mm, Right. mm -hmm. I cannot talk to you about developing a positive self-image without first saying, I think for both of us, yeah, it started from a place of, I can't actually find my worth or my definitions outside of God. I can't. For me. Growing up, having issues with my dark skin, having issues with my size, having issues with mental health, all of it, I had to actually say, you know what, I need what I would consider an objective truth about who I am that will not change. Because I think another thing that causes self-image issues is the fact that that, image you're constantly having to compare yourself to and shape yourself towards is constantly changing. Like we said, insecurity is profitable. So as soon as you attain that goal, as soon as you attain that image of perfection, it then changes in order to cause you to go through that cycle again. The goalpost is moved. There is a new thing to attain. The waist is always getting smaller. Now the bums have to get bigger. Then they have to get smaller. You've invested in all of it on this complete process of glowing up. And now you've got to do it all over again because you'll now need to be conformed to a new image. Mm. And I think for us as Christians, from a biblical point of view, we had to say, you know what? I want to be conformed to God's image of me. And that's it, because that's always not changing. Like, that's never changing. And I think that that is one of the biggest... That has been one of the greatest attacks on self-image. The fact that that goalpost is constantly being moved. Constantly changing. It's constantly changing. You're therefore never enough. And you always need to be fixed. Yep. Right? Yep. Instead of realizing actually in my, because it's so easy to look with your physical eyes and say, but I'm different from you. Me and you sitting here right now, different, right? We look different. We are different. How can I, from a human, objective, logical point of view, say you're beautiful and I'm beautiful equally, yet we are so different. Mm. To our human mind, it's a very illogical thing. Do you get what I mean? It, It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And yet we can still compute that a kilogram of apples and a kilogram of oranges are going to look very different. And yet they are of the same value. Do you get what I mean? And they are of the same- You better come
0: through with the metaphors and But that's what I'm
1: saying. It's actually appreciating difference doesn't mean it cannot be equal and balanced. Being different doesn't make you less than.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And that your your beauty is going to take a different form. And you actually need to lean into that and accept that that is who you are. That is how you have been made. Does that negate the need for progress? Absolutely not. Does that take away your need to improve in certain areas? Absolutely not. But what we're saying is investigate where those, um in, where, investigate how you became dissatisfied with that thing.
0: Mm, that's good. Do you
1: get what I mean? Investigate. Why are you upset with your weight? Where did that come from? Not because losing weight is bad, because it's very healthy, if obviously you're obese, but where did it come from? These girls were out here drinking epetamine and 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 eating and eating and in a desire to get thick with two C's. Where did that come from? Because the drive for it wasn't health and it didn't come from an idea of I am already enough. It came from an idea of I'm not enough. You better come. You better come. I am not enough. And now there's this internal pressure and worry and anxiety and fear. And for us, you can't move and let fear, insecurity, anxiety, worry be your motivating factor mm, to do mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. We always tell you, do not get in a relationship out of fear. Yeah. Do not leave your relationship out do, sorry, no, leave your relationship out of fear. Do do not find a relationship out of fear. Do not step into a job because you're scared. Do not do it's a bad leader, it's a it bad is. motivating factor being scared. Being anxious, being worried. Yeah, yeah. We need to overcome having a scarcity mentality. All of these things will have you doing things from a really bad motive. And then you wonder why you're constantly scared. Even as you have attained your goals, there is no place of security for you. You're still feeling unfulfilled. You're afraid. You're afraid.
0: You are afraid.
1: You're so afraid, you're afraid. Courtney,
0: please. But that's what you said. And I'm totally backing it. You're so afraid you're a third. A third. No, I definitely hear that. I think I was even thinking in my mind, like even this whole idea of attaining perfection, right? The pressure that comes when the goalposts move, but also the pressure that comes when the goalposts don't. Because Mm. most of us assume that our progress is going to be linear. We're going to get to the top and that's it. But what happens when you're not the fit 25 year old anymore? What happens when you are 30 and you've had your first kid and all of a sudden there's that pressure changed. to snap back? For who? For why? Yeah. What happens when you hit 40s or 50s and menopause starts? Mm. What then? You're not conforming to this whole image of being the fit 25-year-old with yeah. the BBL. What are you going to do then? What happens when you get old, you're in your 60s, 70s now, and your skin is not as smooth as it yeah. was when you twenty 25? Yeah. When you have this very narrow and very, very specific idea of what perfection looks like that actually works against you, you will never be happy because you will have reached it. And the worst thing is when you get to your peak, all you'll be saying when you get older is, oh, I'm just trying to get back to my peak. You're still trying to return to who you were when you were 25 25 and you're 60.
1: Instead of you to make this year your peak.
0: And I just... It makes me think of that thing that you shared on Instagram that absolutely killed me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, where you have these 40, 50-year-old men that are going for young girls. Yeah. Instead of you to look for somebody that can identify the signs Sorry, of a stroke. Jackie, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Instead of you. you
1: 35, you need to start looking for these young men. You you're need to look for someone ch- who can spot the signs of a stroke. Strike. I
0: said, yeah, your needs have changed. Your needs have changed. This whole idea of perfection You are and what peeking, they call vulnerable. Things like that. And even the fact that many of us don't actually ever really hit perfection. Yeah. The fact that many of us actually edit our photos. I've seen you guys. I've seen it. Because some of y'all will look one way on social media. But when I see you in person. And now you don't want to go anywhere. Who it Because then people are going to see who you really are. Who is that? Or you have worn... Like I hear the whole argument of like, do you, where, and that's the thing, right? A lot of us will mask all of these insecurities and mask all of these actions that we're taking to actively transform our bodies under the guise of I'm doing it for myself. Right. Under the guise of um, who are you to tell me how I express right. myself. You can express yourself however you like. Mm. But when it gets to the point where you yourself know, that you're dependent on this transformation, you're dependent on these external tools, yeah. then it becomes a problem. Right. So the folks that are out here that are genuinely doing up and wearing transformative makeup, but you feel uncomfortable going to sleep next mm-hmm. to somebody in a bare face, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Those of you that are face tuning your body to decrease the waist and increase, but oh, yes. I've, in real life, you're shaped more like a rectangular box. Yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah. The folks that are out here, you know, doing the absolute most when it comes to like what you're wearing and all of that jazz, but you would actually, hell would freeze over if you allowed someone to see you. As you are. Yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Because these are not coming from places of um, artistic expression. Mm. This is coming from a place of deep seated insecurities that you have masked under the guise of this expression. You tell yourself in order to, because the thing is, right, I'm not going to be with you in the nighttime when these thoughts are coming to you. Biggest man thing. I'm not going to be there. And our defense mechanism is to hide our insecurities under expression. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to do the amount of people that are refusing to actually do the work because they think it's a form of self-expression. Mm. We finna call you out. I'm sorry, it hurts. Yeah. Because there's so many things that I think about or oh, that I was doing as, oh, this is a form of self-expression. Actually, this is a deep-seated insecurity. Yeah, 100%. This is a deep-seated And you
1: can see it because even if you take that analogy of artists, Right. I'm doing this because it is an expression of my creativity. Mm. Therefore, I have created this art. Yeah. But in the moments when they are not creating the art or they are not standing next to their paintings, they are still artists. It cannot be taken away from them. That's the thing. That is who they are. That's the thing. So for a lot of us, a lot of these things have become symbols of worth, not expressions. They are the symbol of the worth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me. Look at my makeup. Don't look at me. Look at my breasts. Don't look at me, like my actual heart, my character, what I have to say, my personality. Look at my hips. Don't look at me. Look at the symbol. And then infer from the symbol my value and my worth. Mm -hmm. That's a problem.
0: If there's anything in your life right now that you're using as a crutch, that means... You, there is a weakness there that you need yeah. to address Because people only use crutches when there's a, a place of weakness And that's what I was about to say And if you
1: don't know what your, what your crutch is Stop doing something and see if you can walk Stop doing something and see if you can survive
0: This is it This is it Because Boy the amount of people that are using crutches, because we've normalized using yes. crutches, people don't even identify them as crutches. Yeah, it's not, we've glamorized. We've glam, in fact, we've glamorized them. Even thinking about things like, you know, working out and, you know, eating healthy. Yeah. I definitely used that as a crutch because mm. I was kind of like, oh, as long as I am, you know, a particular weight or yeah. because I want to be perceived as someone that works out, I'm going to go there. All the time. But there were moments in my life where it was actually physically impossible for me to go out and work out. Yeah. Or there's moments in my life where I'm just like, I actually shouldn't go. Because it's going to be detrimental to my health. And the fact that it took those moments for me to stop doing what I was doing, Mm. that was a crutch to me. Mm. And like, even speaking, I've spoken about like fitness influencer culture before. Because I genuinely think, especially for women, because weight is such a touchy subject for women... That's a place of insecurity that a lot of organizations, a mm. lot of communities, a lot Operation. of individuals exploit, right? That's 100%. why the sisters are out here still, you know, choking on the apple cider vinegar and hoping for weight loss that they can maintain, but they won't because it's not feasible. Cody, don't look at me like that because you know it's true. You've Never lied. We're still doing up, we're you. still doing up juicing and detoxing and all of that kind of jazz, but we're not promoting healthy, sustainable, long-term weight loss yeah. or weight maintenance yeah. or even weight gain. Because we're not promoting health,
1: we're promoting we're skinniness. Skin. This
0: is it. We're pro- we're literally promoting very, very specific yeah. bodies. Even yeah. the fact that you touched on the fact that it feels as though everyone has body dysmorphia. Mm, it really does. It really does. The amount of my own like female friends that I'll talk to. I make it such a priority to tell my female friends when I think they look beautiful.
1: Yeah. I
0: make it such a priority because the amount of times I've talked to friends who are like, "Mm, I don't like the way I look in my dress because of my FUPA. My bum is not big enough or my breasts aren't poking and stuff like that. If you don't address and affirm that negative self-talk will lead to a negative self-image and that will lead to something very drastic occurring right. for some people it will manifest in i'm going to go and get plastic surgery done yeah. or a very very like invasive procedure yeah for others it will manifest in depression yeah and others still it'll manifest in suicide this is why it's so important to talk about self-image because that is the precursor to literally everything we do in life yeah how you see yourself is manifesting what happens to you in your Ooh. life and for many people many many people especially the sisters who are dealing with you know, um, mental health conditions yeah. who are dealing with things like anxiety yeah. and depression and fear of rejection. Negative self-image is literally the precursor At to that. At the
1: root of it. At the root of it. Boy. I love that. I guess in this conversation about self-image, I think a lot of people have been trying to take their time to really appreciate what they have and who they are mm-hmm. by romanticizing their life. Yeah. That term is going around. Romanticize yeah, yeah, your life. Yeah. Channel some serious main character. We love to see, but what does that really mean? And how can the girls, the sisters, embody
0: it? Cool. I love the whole idea of like main character because the importance of main character energy is to center yourself. Yes, as a active agent in your life. Right. It gives you the agency to make changes over things you thought could not be changed. Yeah. So thinking that oh I can't change the way that I speak to myself actually no you You can can do that. I can't change, you know, the amount of money I make. Actually, I can.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't change the kinds of people that are attracted to me or like I can't be in healthy, loving, stable relationships. Actually, I can. Yeah. And to me, um, romanticizing my life, even the whole term is really cute. Mm-hmm. Romanticizing my life is affording my life a level of value, mm. thinking that my life is actually interesting. Mm. I'm an interesting person. This is it. I have a story. I have a narrative. I'm of value. Yeah. I do things for me. I'm pretty cool. You could make a documentary about my life. That's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it means that you actively deal with things as they crop up because you know that you're responsible for how this story moves you have to deal with it yeah. so if you want to go for the thing if you are the main character you'll make it happen yeah. if you're the protagonist of this novel yeah. everything centers around 100%. you 100 that means you need to make moves. everything you can't wait for somebody else to do something for you it means you take responsibility you take responsibility it. over the this things that happen in your life this is it and the way that you respond to that come on and it's important that you do that and you take accountability too. yes you. You take accountability for your choices, the decisions that you make, the people you allow into your life, yeah. and then most importantly, your self-image. Yeah. So when you are channeling that main character energy, when you are thinking of yourself as the protagonist, it means it gives you back that sense of power yeah. that you thought you lost to everything else around you, Ooh. to your um, community, to your wow. societies, to your Um, parents and to trauma it means you're reclaiming your power to decide what happens to you in your life yes that's how i conceive of it in terms of how to do it yeah um and what that actually looks like first of all you need to do we say this all the time but the internal work is the most important (laughs) how many times we put ourselves first of all many of us are actually afraid to be alone yeah we conflate loneliness with being alone yeah loneliness is bad being alone is not yeah we don't spend enough time with ourselves some of us don't even know ourselves um one thing that I really like to do with Courtney and my friends is I ask a lot of like random questions Mm -mm -mm. to get them like genuinely out of interest I'll be like oh what's your favorite food yeah or like what do you like to do when you know on your free time you know that kind of stuff If you don't have answers to that, you need to do work because how can you be a main character if you don't even know what What? the main character is like? So you need to actually do work to understand what type of main character you want to be. Um, Who are you currently? Are you a supporting actress in your own life? Are you um, allowing other people and other things to dictate what you do? Have you put yourself first when it comes to decision making? Especially those of you that are in relationships or friendships and stuff. Do you have resentment that you deal you have to deal with because yeah. you've allowed people to transgress boundaries you never set? Mm, that's Boundary setting is even a good one too. If you want to be a main character, you've got to set boundaries. What is of value to you that requires boundaries? Your time. Your time is a big one. Your presence. Mm. Your presence is a big one. Mm. Your general like environment is a big one. What are you allowing into those spaces and when? And have you given yourself boundaries such that you can enjoy all of those things alone yes so before you start thinking oh like how can i allocate my time and you know um how can i do all of these things with other people if you haven't learned to do any of those things for or with yourself you can never be a main character you'll be supporting at best yes um you may even be one of those like runners that run on stage and come back out like you know or part of the assembly you know the (laughs) part of the backing track you know (laughs) all of that kind of jazz so it's really really important to actually just sit down with yourself figure out who you are what are your likes your interests all of that kind of stuff schedule in time not just in a year or in a week but daily have the daily practice of channeling the main character energy so it might be something as small as I like a cup of coffee in the morning and I like it with you know honey or something like that I'm going to schedule in time to actually enjoy my coffee because I like it yeah or I'm going to, you know, go on that walk, that daily walk, because I like walking and I need time to organize my thoughts. I'm going to write down an affirmation that I'm going to say to myself on a daily basis because why? I deserve it. Mm. And someone needs to say something to me. Mm. And oftentimes I wait for somebody else to say something to me when I can say it to myself. So very much so be very intentional about showing yourself love, showing up for yourself, getting to know yourself, mm. and then acting from a place of agency when it comes to the decisions in your life. I but yeah, I've rambled on. No, you haven't, <laughs> because like everything you
1: said absolutely perfect. I think that that's the essence of romanticizing your life and really channeling main character energy. I think one of the I came across the phrase when I was in therapy mm. and my therapist was like, you know, after you have do your long ramblings in therapy. She was like, oh, you just sound like you're not even, you're (laughs) not even the main character in your own life. You are not even the main character's best friend. You are the main character's best friend's neighbor. Oh,
0: stop it. Literally, you are
1: that inactive in making the show about you. And when I think about romanticizing your life and like we were saying, having positive self-image, it really comes down to having the audacity, the confidence, and the pure goal to say, I'm going to take center stage here. Mm. Right? Life is not happening to me. I am not here simply to assist other people become who they are meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I am actually here with thoughts, feelings, and needs, which I love why you um when you emphasize being alone, which I am actually going to satisfy, right? I'm not going to wait for anybody else to satisfy them. I'm not going to wait for somebody to affirm me. I'm going to make my life feel important Mm. in everything that I do towards myself because it's easy to wait for moments of joy. It's easy to wait for moments of happiness. It's easy to wait for them to come and living literally for moments Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than making every time, every moment the moment yeah right you've got to like you said making that cup of coffee this is my moment this is my time time. to show myself that i'm happy Mm. that i am in love with myself um and sometimes we see these things as arrogant we see them as pompous we see them as wasteful actually it's really important because as we step out and as we've um illustrated throughout this entire episode Everything else can easily work against that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can then go and have an interaction at work, an interaction with your spouse, an interaction with your family member. You can scroll through your phone and easily have your self-esteem shattered. Mm -hmm. So if you do not work overtime to actually maintain it, if you do not work overtime to build it up and reinforce it, The chances of it being damaged are actually made easier and easier the more you neglect yourself. And I think that that's one of the biggest things. Main character energy is really saying, I'm not going to neglect myself. Mm. And one of the main ways it manifests, because I know we've given quite um like aesthetic-y examples. One of the main ways it manifests, and I love what you said about boundaries, Mm. is I'm actually going to communicate the fact that I am hurt and I do not deserve to be hurt. Beautiful. I'm going to express the fact that you violated me, and I do not deserve to be violated. Beautiful. You cannot use me as a doormat. And also, I don't like the. It's it's saying I don't like the way you spoke to me. Mm. Why? Because I am the writer of this play. Yep. And those are not the lines I want fed to me because I'm the main. That's right. I know that's right. and, And. and so, and you also have to be willing to receive that because you're not the main character in someone else's life. They are the main character in their life. And I think as soon as we start holding ourselves to these greater standards of developing our self-esteem, but also standing in the boldness of being able to, um, maintain and guard our boundaries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we start to allow ourselves to actually have better more functional relationships because nobody's being used as an extra absolutely
0: absolutely do you get what i mean it's, it's
1: creating that thing of i want to value you but i also need to be valued mm. I can't allow you to keep treating me as such or or saying these things to me. Why? Because in my life, if I am not okay, how can I love you well? If I do not also demand that you love me well.
0: Mm, I love it.
1: It needs to be. I love it. It needs to be reciprocal. I love it. And I think that that's for, for a lot of us, we have given everything to love people well we have given everything to be respectful we've given everything to be the perfect child Mm. we've given everything to be respectable participants of society and we have in trying to be respectable in trying to be dignified allowed ourselves to be walked over allowed ourselves to experience things that have gone unchallenged because we've been silenced or we've been told this is not your time to speak You do not have the... You're not in the main character position. You are literally here as a supporting role. And then we lose the essence of being able to have a voice, of being able to direct the way things are going, even for ourselves. We we truly struggle to hold ourselves accountable Mm -hmm. because you... Why? You don't really need to show up. People are just going to direct you on what to do. Or... Other people are just going to have to learn to fall into place. And I do think there may actually be a downside to this romanticizing my life. Because if it doesn't come with self-awareness, you're going to be telling other people, learn to live with my dysfunction because I am the main character here. And then you wonder why people don't want to take an active role in your life. It's a play no one wants to be a part of. Stop
0: it. No, but for real. you ain't ain't so
1: romanticizing your life but also becoming the main character i love what you're saying about characterization Mm. it really comes down to you inspecting who am i what is the type of main character that i want to be Mm -hmm. and the main character that i am does it allow the people who are in my life to support me to also be their best selves and to also be dignified in the way that they are supporting me yep yeah or am i requiring people to constantly compromise on their ability to not be violated, mm-hmm. on their deservedness to be respected yeah. so that they can accept me for just how I am. You need to be careful. You really need to pay attention to that characterization if you're going to be
0: the main character. Balance. Balance. All about balance because some of us have mastered the main character role, but have not mastered the supporting role. Yeah. Some of us have mastered the supporting role, but has not mastered the main character Yeah. Role. Understanding that you are a character in multiple plays yeah. is important. Yeah, And You won't succeed until you've mastered that
1: fact. Yeah. And in terms of how you can embody it, I, I love everything you said. It's really about being bold enough to establish those boundaries, not just with other people, but with yourself. Mm. And I think a lot of us have ch- struggled with channeling main character energy yeah. because we don't show up for ourselves. We really right? don't. There's a, There's that. The call, call to the stage. Where is everyone? And you're not showing up. Absent. You know how you want to live. You know the person that you want to be. But when it comes to actually showing up to do the hard internal work and to actually perform, you don't show up. Mm. Why? Because it's scary. It can be scary. Telling yourself tomorrow, I'm actually going to wake up early because the woman that I want to be, someone left an amazing quote under um, one of our last episodes saying, you know, envision the woman you want to be and start to, live like her. Yeah, show up, man. Show up. But the thing is, if you know the woman I, I want to be, she has to wake up early because she doesn't have time. You know, well, she has to fit a lot into her time. And then tomorrow you haven't set an alarm or every time your alarm rings, you snooze it. You're not showing up. Show up, it's time. You have missed the roll call. This is You've missed the roll call. You've missed the girl. Show up for yourself. And the more you don't do that, The more undignified your own vision becomes. Peak. Do you get what I mean? And then we go in life expecting money. We go in life expecting partners. And it's like, you haven't showed up. Why are you expecting them to show up?
0: (sighs) It is funny because it's often the elementary stuff that's the most difficult to do. Yeah. But they're the most important to do. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes in like life is. We do these things, it's by JFK actually, we do these things, um, not because they are easy, but because they are hard mm. in that there are certain things in your life that may present a challenge or a difficulty initially, but they do need to be conquered. Yeah. And when they are conquered, you will find that you have the grace to sustain it 100%. because you actually had the grace to pursue it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. And that is great tips on how to produce the life that you actually want. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, sisters, we've come to the end of today's episode. Although we we've hope. come. Oh, wow. To the <laughs> end, <laughs>
0: end of the road. Still, I can't. You know the camera's gonna die. That's why I'm trying to do. It. <laughs> Go for it. Lead us out. Wow. I was about to have my whole musical interview. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> Maybe in the next episode.
1: But yeah. So we hope that this episode has helped you. Yeah. We hope that it has been filled with nuggets to help you. Mm not only develop a positive self-image but also overcome any negative self-image words negative self-talk that you have internalized from trauma just bad people bad experiences or from social media and the way society currently stands and we want to know more about what you have to say though on this table we are definitely not all knowing we lean into community and we really want to hear your wisdom your advice and your experiences so definitely comment down below and subscribe here on YouTube but you can also join the sisterhood over on Instagram by adding us at to my sisterhood and you can come and say hello to us individually at Renee Kapuku and at CD Bwating.
0: and of course make sure you tweet us we want to know your thoughts and opinions at to my sisterhood on Twitter and of course make sure you sign up for our weekly mailing list where we'll be dropping some tips on how to overcome negative self-talk. So make sure you get plugged in www.tomysisters.com. Courtney was far too kind. Subscribe, 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 (laughs) subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's grow the sisterhood, sisterhood, man. We want to see literally like,
1: thousands and thousands of you yes we do Growing. and thank you actually boy I think we've
0: actually said no it's crazy thank you it's for the crazy. growth
1: yo the growth the last few months have been insane not just here on youtube but also on the podcast like people actually listening yeah, playing, sharing instagram everyone's been sharing the sisterhood i didn't happy it makes me so happy Tear and we, honestly it is a privilege and an honor to get to serve you guys honestly and to do what we love to do have these conversations grow our friendship but also just journey together 100%. and really discover like as women how can we help each other how can we learn more about ourselves and about each other in community so that we don't have to do life alone So thank you. And like you sisters in the comments and here on YouTube and when the episodes premiere or when you DM us and stuff, thank you. Thank you, sis. We We love you. We love you. We We literally call each other key keying, like at comments and just talking about, oh my gosh, that was so wise and what she said. And thank you.
0: Thank you guys. And hey, let's continue this journey. We want to impact even more sisters. We want more folks to become the best version of themselves. And- We want all of you guys to show up for yourselves. Yeah. So let's keep that sister loving going. But we will see you in another episode very, very soon. So keep posted, keep listening. And of course, keep glowing and growing.